Uh, welcome to Pub Kitchen, episode three. I'm George. I'm James. This week, we talk about Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka. We mm. talk about Joker. Will there be a Joker 2? Um, and we also play a pretty fun game called Blind Spotting, or rather, the greatest films you've never seen. Embarrassing list of films. Oh, shocking seen. blind spots we've got in our knowledge. Yeah. See what you think. George, buddy. Brilliant shirt. Ah, uh, you know, I try. We have a Caccio e Pepe. Bless you. It is the. Thank you. Oh, rise. Look at all that cheese. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, eight pounds for that. Yeah, that's it's it. Just, London, that? baby. Where's oh, it's baby? the one that cures cancer. Yeah, yeah. never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Cacio e Pepe. Say that again. Cacio e Pepe. A cacio, so, so what are those words meaning? Well, pepe, pepper. It was invented by John Cacio and Alan Pepe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of um, course. Yeah. No, it literally means cheese and pepper. But yeah, this is the dish of Rome. Mm -hmm. If you go to Rome, this is the dish you should get. And I think it's the only time it's appropriate to actually use the overused phrase, when in Rome. Right. Because people use it, Wonderful. just dish it out. But actually, when you're in Rome, you say, well, when in Rome, I really must have a Cacio e Pepe. Okay, and this is like, it's, it is a lot of cheese. A lot of cheese, pecorino, parmesan, yeah. black pepper, you melt it into the butter, incorporate that with the starchy water from the pasta, mix it all together. As you saw, I was frantically stirring it through, trying to get it to come together. So this is spaghettoni? Spaghettoni. So spaghettoni. It, it's, like, uh, it's like spaghetti's beefier older cousin that plays for the rugby team. Yeah. Uh, you'll see it's like a lot thicker. You don't really want to use a thin pasta like a linguine or a spaghetti. You actually want something that's thicker with a bit yeah. more bite. You want something with a little texture on the outside of okay. the pasta to grip onto the sauce. This holding sauce is, is, is what this dish is all about. Um, when you actually eat it properly, in Italy, Rome, wherever, right. you'll get a pasta that's called picky, which is kind of like a, a lumpy udon noodle. Oh, yeah. Looks similar to that, but it's just got more texture and more goodness to it. Wow, I mean, and I can say looking at it, spaghettoni is like, it's like, hey, spaghetti, your cousin's <laughs> here. Come play with spaghettoni. Hey, spaghettoni. I don't want to play with spaghettoni. He always beats me yeah. For what? For Be how honest. simple? No, no. Yeah. For how simple those ingredients are, you've really made something out of that, sir. I, my, my, I tip my hat to you. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not just being saying this because we're, we're on air. Like, if it wasn't good, I would tell you. And, and we will be honest if something <laughs> yeah. isn't good. Yeah. Um, did you say you got attacked? Yeah. I, I, I mentioned to you like two weeks ago that I got attacked and we got busy, well, busy Go doing ahead. the show. Yeah. Um, where do I start? This was a classic case of James just really not reading the room. <laughs> and uh, you can uh, yep, picture. That like you, yep. So it was a Tuesday morning, like two or three weeks ago. I, it was a rainy morning. It's Tuesday. Tuesday has no fields. Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I, you know, grabbed a coffee, was going to go into London to go work on something in town. Okay. Um, got on the tube. This is like just after eight o'clock in the morning. Which line? Uh, it was Northern Line right, into okay. going into all important contextual factors. You. Yeah. I'm looking, you know, the trains come by, I pick my carriage, get on. And I realize that everyone, I'm in the long bit where there's like, you know, eight seats and eight seats. Yeah. yeah. And I realize everyone's kind of very much heads down, even more so than usual. And this one man is standing and he's talking out to the, to the people. And um, I, I initially take no notice. I've got my headphones in, listening to music. And everyone is avoiding eye contact, avoiding eye contact yeah. with this man who's standing. Uh, you have a question? 
Well, I was just going to ask, do you have much like gear on you or luggage or like, you know, because you're, you're, you're a filmmaker or a videographer? Like, do you not, have... not today. Just hands free. Add a, add a laptop and, and some personal items. In, in a backpack. <laughs> yeah. I, I, this might sound irrelevant, but it's important for me to visualize this. No, yeah, I can I, see you now. I can see you now stood up in the yeah. carriage. Go. Um, and like, you know, I, I start hearing uh, music that this guy is, and I realize he's performing music to the people. And, you know, I'm interested. I take, take my earbud out and I start listening. And this guy has a little yeah. speaker clipped to his belt, yeah. like the size of, you know, like about, that, about that big, yeah. like, like, two, like two iPhones put together. Okay. And he's playing like uh, Stormzy beats and different rap music. And he's rapping along to it. And he's doing these little riffs and he's like commenting on what people are wearing. Yeah, and I think I've had this it. guy. I think I've had this Do guy. Do you know this guy? I'm just going to check wait, you know this guy. Do you know this guy? Wait, wait. I, I've, been, I've been on a tube with the, 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 what you're describing. He had a red speaker. It was clipped on. It was like a Bose thing. And, but he came on in the um, uh, Hammersmith and City and Circle line when I was... Okay. I had, I've had this him twice. Interesting. I'm going to tell you what happened before you could, we okay. confirm that it's this guy. So he's, uh, he's talking to people and he's giving out different bits of info based on what people are wearing. But no one's making eye contact. Everyone's very like, do not, do not disturb me. And I, I've started listening to what he's saying. And from what I know about rap, he was really good. He yeah. was rhyming, he was yeah. flowing. Yeah. And, then he, and then he sees that I'm the only one looking at him. And he starts commenting yeah. on the guy the with same the thing, brown yeah. hair. And I was wearing a blue coat. He's like, he's got his blue coat. He did it a lot better than I did. And I'm listening and it's all very, very nice so far. And then it starts getting a bit aggressive and a bit nasty. And he starts talking about, so I have a pink phone case, right? Yeah. Which he would thought that meant I was gay because, you know, pink, gay, oh, as God, if that's a thing, right? Really? So all of a sudden, the words you don't say about gay people start coming out about my phone. And he starts getting really angry and really heated. And he's coming towards me. And I just all of a sudden realize in my head, Oh, this guy isn't a nice street performer. Yeah. It's eight o'clock in the morning on a yeah. Tuesday. He's not been to sleep and he's completely mental. Oh. And he's been screaming at people all down the line, getting really hyped up. And then so he would get really aggressive at me, then stop and get very distracted and move to someone else. But he kept coming back to me, kept coming back to me to the point where he said in, in very different words, he was like, keep looking at me and I'll effing destroy you, you, you. Oh, Jesus. It's uh, insult. Oh my God. And I was like, oh my God. And he was like, he started like really getting in my face. Other people were like, stop, stop. So I was like, okay, I need to just remove myself from the situation. Yeah. Got up without jumping up and just quietly got off at the next stop. He comes off the tube, oh, no. follows me onto the platform, still screaming. He's like, what are you running away from me? And I was like, ah, just, I'm sorry. I didn't really realize the situation. Went back on the tube, doors closed and he bangs on the door screaming at me. And I was like, I am awake now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I need a coffee. Work. Jesus. But yeah, I thought lovely, humble performer happens to be up at 8 a.m. Oh Turns God. out. Uh, yeah, now you think about it, it makes sense. Why would he be that early? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh. oh and then I looked and I saw he was really tired and haggard and he wasn't looking present. I was like, he's not been oh, to bed. Yeah. And he's done this all <laughs> he night. He needs a good night's kick. <laughs> he needs a good night's kick. Oh my and God. And me just humbly being like, Rap, uh, a street performer. How oh, nice. look at this guy. See, oh, no, the thing is that I, I think I have heard that guy. Yeah, maybe he's oh, famous. Uh, um, and he did some good ones. And, you know, it was, it was really good lines. But I guess that was probably 24 hours before we hadn't slept. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. It sounds like you were, it really wasn't attacked. It was accosted. Yeah. You were accosted. Confronted. Confronted. Um, he thought I was a corporate as he well. He should have given you a sticker at the end that said, welcome to London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very New York kind of thing. I yeah. Think, to have oh, like yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Well, welcome. Yeah. But I, I was interestingly profiled as like this corporate clocking in nine really? to five. Uh, oh, look James. at you. How little he you. knew you. Uh, yeah. I was like, hey, man, <laughs> <laughs> I kick it with the rest <laughs> of them. <laughs> I'm on my way to Goldman Sachs. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm rock and roll. <laughs> 
I got some. I had some film news mm. this week. I love that news is film. It's so ridiculous. But yeah, well, just like what is news? It's just a statement of fact. Like, yeah, it's okay. just things that are coming out. That we're gonna yeah, buy. well, this is it. So I had no idea this film's coming out, but there's a upcoming Timothy Chalamet film. Okay, great. You know, I'm 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 on board. I, mm. I like the guy. Uh, wait, don't say it. You're probably gonna know it. It's the uh, Willy Wonka prequel, right? I did uh, see. Timothy Chal- Chalamet is playing Willy Wonka in a prequel about how he went on adventures and met the Oompa Loompas. Now, I- I'm, I'm going to take a big ga- gamble here, James, but I don't think we need this film. I don't think anyone needed it. I don't think anyone asked for it. I mean, it is the it's most... It's another Cruella. Yeah, I mean, even though I enjoy Cruella, yeah. I- it still ultimately did... I was like, I don't think we needed this. It was mm. a nice diversion, but like... I- and... Who's are directing you, what's it? What's it the- um, Ah, see, this is the controversial thing. I think it is Simon King is his name. Okay. I might have that wrong. Paddington and Paddington 2. So great. uh, Wonderful, wonderful. It might, uh, do you want me to just check his name? Yeah, go for it. I slept on Paddington's one and two for a long time before I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And when I did, it's one of those things, no matter how many times people say, oh, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's cute. And wow, it was it was really cute. Go watch Paddington one and two, and two's two's just as good as one, if not better. We got verdict on Simon King. Paul King, his name is Paul King. My Paul apologies, King, not Simon. Simon King's probably his brother. Great. So Paul King, who directed Paddington one and two, wonderful films, lovely films, yep. really, uh, just really full of heart and really great, and mm-hmm. it will bring a tear of joy to your eye, especially yep. Paddington two. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, but, Uncle Pastuzo. Oh no no. Aunt Lucy just wanted to come to London we, <laughs> to see Stop everyone. It. And the, car, the pop-up no, book at the end. It's turning men into the people are downstairs. Oh my God. Love it, love it, love it. So Paul King is directing <laughs> this. Uh, so on the one hand, Paul King, I like. Mm. On the other hand, do we really need this film? On the other hand, hey, Timothy Chalamet. I mean, look, do we know what we want until it's given to us? That's the thing. Uh, which, you know what? This brings me nicely onto a separate topic. Mm. It, I, I've, have you watched What If on Disney Plus? No, but I right. hear you telling me right. about okay, it. Right, okay, yeah, because, okay, so Marvel's What If is uh, an animated series based on Marvel's Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. which basically proposes uh, what if this happened in this series of events instead of this? In another reality, if this person made this decision, so it, you know. You got, what are the examples of some you've seen? Well, first of all, it begins with Jeffrey Wright. You know Jeffrey Wright, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Felix Leiter. Yeah. He has this wonderful voice. And the, and the, th- and the, um, the credits begin, it's like, time. Space, (laughs) reality, it's more than a linear path. That's a very good Jeffrey Wright. I am the watcher and ponder with me the question, what if? And and, and that's how it begins. You're like, okay, it's like Saturday morning cartoon films. Okay, so for example, the things that go is, what happens if, what if um, uh, it was Captain Carter, not Captain America? So Peggy Carter goes in the machine instead of, you know, Steve Steve Rogers. Or what if uh, instead of picking up... um, uh, uh, Peter Quill, the Ravagers accidentally picked up T'Challa. Um, yeah. And uh, th- 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 those aren't the most exciting ones. There's one where it's just like, what if, um, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but J- Janet Van Dyne, you know, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character was in the quantum realm. She picked up a quantum virus that turned her into a zombie and there's a massive zombie outbreak. It's kind of like right. if you let a load of uh, stoner uni students into the Disney studios yeah, exactly. and just put them in a yeah. writing room yeah. and let them just come up with a whole lot of stuff and I, go, yes. Yeah, I, I, I literally had no interest in watching this. And this, <laughs> and this is always the thing with Marvel. They always, I always go into everything with like half interest, but I always leave being like, I really like that, I want season two. <laughs> yeah. Like how the hell do they do it? They reel you back in every time. And it's, it's such low hanging fruit. Mm. It's like, 
you know what? We're not ever going to film it. We're going to take all those stories, you know, just kind of tweak them, see where we can go with them for yeah. half an hour. And some of them end really abruptly because they kind of go, and then uh, I guess that would happen and that's the end. But damn it, James, they're really enjoyable. Really? And they're not, you, you start watching them thinking they're standalone and then they all start to connect. Ah, yeah, damn they them do for it. That. And I'd say there's a really good one about Ultron. God, I'm such a nerd. Really? But I, I started to get really excited. I got to the point where I was like, I need to watch really What If. There's a really good one about Ultron. Oh, I was. And I, 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 I they just... never fleshed out his character, <laughs> but I finally get fulfilled now. Yeah, that's literally that. God, they really reeled me in. So I don't know if we needed that. And I, 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 it's, it's, it seems like the most cynical exercise to be like, we're going to recycle these stories that you know back yeah. to you. But damn it, James, they got me. I'm going to save that for a Saturday morning cartoon. I want to go. I want to sit in front of my TV yeah. with my legs crossed, like looking up at the yeah. TV, like yeah, that yeah, and watch yeah. it uh, when I'm maybe hungover yeah. and I need some comfort food. You want someone to come in and be like, "Breakfast is ready." No, 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 no. Yeah, I just I ended up thinking a lot about. Cause I saw an article about how Todd Phillips was in discussions about potentially coming back to do Joker Two. Right. And it got me thinking a lot about that film again. Right. And, my initial reaction was, please don't, because I quite like that at the moment Joker sits on the sidelines as the weird cousin of the DC movies that's mm -hmm. a bit indie and, and, yeah. and a bit off. If, if, if someone said Joker 2 to you, does that, like, would you want another one? Again, talking about things that we didn't ask um, for but might get. Because remember, uh, remember before you go in, it made a load of money. Oh, it's like an inevitable. Yeah, it made money. Uh, I think the correct term is a shit ton. Yeah, and as uh, R-rated as the Americans would say. But yeah, um, I mean, I think to, to answer that question, I should probably say what I think about Joker 1, as people mm. will say it is now. If For anyone who doesn't know, Joker 1, oh, directed by Todd Phillips, I'm who sure, yeah. also directed The Hangover movie. Yes, yeah, so it was a real it was a real breakaway. It kind of came out of nowhere, this completely different vision for this character. Nothing to do with all this other world building that DC was trying to do. Joaquin Phoenix played Joker. It was set in the 70s. It was heavily, heavily Scorsese influenced. Yeah. And Joaquin Phoenix did a really an incredible, incredible performance, performance and won an Oscar for it. And you, you, I think a lot of people wouldn't have missed it. it was, and and it, it, I remember everyone started hearing about it from the festival buzz yeah and all the all the previews that everyone had seen of it and it was like oh no joker's legit gonna mm. see it that's how that's for me when because mm. i saw the trailer and i was like ah, mm. but then it was the awards buzz that, yeah. and then by the time it came out in cinema everyone was like there oh, was mad hype but i tell you mad what hype. i think i had the opposite i saw like the initial film stills and stuff and i thought this is really interesting mm. the todd phillips thing kind of was a big it's question really, mark because yeah. i was like i don't it's not like I've seen promise in his early work. I think, oh, this makes sense for him to finally get his chance. I thought, is there really good stuff with Todd Phillips there? And uh, I say, when I, my thing with Joker is, is like, I'm, I, I admire the fact that they took the initiative to go and make something completely out of, of sync with everything else and to, and to have this vision, to have this idea. But my issue is that it is so, the whole film is so deliberate, is mm. so has such a you know a deliberate point to it it's like okay we're not going to be related to those other films we're going to set it in the 70s it's going to be very scorsese influence we're going to Re do really it really isn't related yeah. to anything but, but dc it, has been it, doing it, which is rare the, right now but right? there's something really emphatic about the film like we are doing this and my issue with the film was like what's the point but you've done this but but for what end i really still don't think that film knows quite 
what it was trying to say. And, quite, and I really think Joaquin Phoenix's performance is almost like on its own. He turned up and thought, oh my God, I've got to do this really great thing with this. And he did. And yeah. Todd Phillips let it. And then Todd Phillips tried to construct this film around yeah. him. And if you, hear, if you heard Todd Phillips on the award circuit talking about that film, it kind of changed every so often. At one point he said, oh, it's actually a film about compassion. And I was like, there is not a single iota of compassion in that film. Like, I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm just, I'm just saying that like, when you've gone to the effort of making something so clearly envisaged and so deliberate and emphatic, I just thought, yeah, to what end? But what, 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 were you what were you trying to say there? You've got my attention, but, but what were you trying to say? There was a, I think there was a review by David Ehrlich of IndieWire, and I think he said something like, Joker does nothing more than, has nothing more to say than draw attention to itself. And I really couldn't get that out of my head. I don't think it's terrible. It, it, when it came out, it, it, people said, oh, it's so polarized. Some people love it, some people hate it. I'm like, well, no, I am kind of in the middle because I recognize there are some potential here, some good things there, but I ultimately don't think it was trying to say anything. This exact point that you're making is my favorite thing about the movie because <laughs> people can go in talking about excellent performances and the fact that the film works in terms of giving you something to say about it and it's well made but i love that so many people can agree that it's good but still hate it or take have a really bad reaction to it and mm -hmm. that's okay because watching joker i think made me really remember that it's really hard to watch a film in a vacuum and to not take it as a product of the time that it was released. Yeah. And in so many ways, like as you said, you know, it is it is really emphatic and it, it is trying to say so little, but also say so much at the same time. Anyway, it takes the main character of the Joker and it, as well as shaking its head at who he is and what he says and the events that transpire, it also glorifies him. Mm. So it, you definitely get, seeing that film, you, you take in a load of your own baggage with you and you come out of it with an impression. Mm. And I love... I love seeing the difference. I've, I've had, I've, I've heard your reaction on the film. Yeah. I've had friends who've seen it who have a different reaction, and some people who just adore it for everything that it is. Yeah. My favorite part about it is it, it, it is a reflection on who you are going into watch it. Well, like a, like a Rorschach test. It's like it's like a, a film version of a Rorschach test. You know what? Bit. Fair enough. It's uncomfortable I, to watch. I, I, and I take that point, but I still what I, it almost irritates me at how like shallow some of its observations are. So it starts yeah. it courts with things like you know rich poor divide, like sort of like revolutionary feeling and like discontent, and all those things are legitimate things to to, to talk about. Mm. But I really don't think it's anything interesting to say about those things other than just like show it yeah like, and 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 then i think the way that it like um brings violence into the to the narrative and the way it frames the joker as the joker becomes increasingly violent mm. i just i still don't i i but again, again like and you're not wrong but there are people who look yeah. at the political situation, not just from before that movie, but even yeah. since what people can take as an idea and commit acts of violence based on something so simple and horrible, again, would would affect a lot of people going into yeah. that film, which is what makes it so interesting. It is interesting that the this is a part of a wider point about when that film came out, a lot of the discussion was about it's placed within the wider sort of cultural conversation and mm. the culture wars. Like, is this actually a rallying cry for incels or is this actually like a, you know, a, a, a liberal nightmare? Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I actually, I don't engage with any of that stuff because ultimately I'm more concerned in the actual meat of the film, the actual substance of the film. It's a is bit it, like food. That's why we had like the, the food analogy comes in handy, like with this podcast, because, because when you, when, when, you know, I don't care if what I'm being served is, you know, really popular or has this heritage or has mm. this, yeah, that, that, that is all just nice embellishment. It's just all dressing, window dressing for the fact that what I'm about to eat, what, what am I getting from that? And I don't get... So maybe the better response is not that the film is really good, but the reaction to the film is what's really good. The reaction to the film, yeah. I, I don't think Todd Phillips intended to make a film that had that, provoked necessarily that reaction. I think he was surprised that he's sort of created this genie in a bottle kind it's of like, thing. It's like an old Darren Brown special on Channel 4. Did you get stuck to the sofa or did you not? 
I didn't. Neither did he predict the lottery. Uh, they, they do what? that thing where they, you know, they even even Arthur, who's in so many ways an irredeemable character, he'll say things that we could all agree with. He'll yeah. be like, "Everyone's always just shouting at each other. Yeah. It's so uncivilized." Which everyone could be like, "Oh, yeah, that is such yeah, reflection yeah. on our social media, and everyone's just so loud yeah. and screaming." But it'll, it'll hook you in. And you can see what it's doing. Yeah, a bit. It's a bit heavy-handed. Like, well, I wouldn't do that. You know what? You're right. It's. I think that it's heavy-handed, but it, I guess it makes its po- it makes its points clumsily, uh, messily. But maybe they are there. But to answer your question mm. about Joker, Joker, Joker two, how do I feel about that? I don't. I guess I have to see again. It's like I have to. I don't really. I don't really want another one. I don't really yeah. need another one. It's where also can, where can that character go from there though? He, he I thought he villain. was all in the hospital at the end. Yeah. You know, the, the, the film couldn't make up it. That's that. That sums up my point. The film couldn't make up its mind. It's like, oh, maybe this will be. Do you know what I thought? Do you know what would have been my preferred ending for the for Joker? Because you know they hint at the very beginning that he's in the hospital, and then they yeah. show that one clip of him banging his head against the window. Yeah. Okay, anyway, I, so. I would have loved it if it would have cut like it does at the end of the film to him laughing in the hospital with a cigarette with the psychiatrist. Right? Yeah. So in the actual film, it then cuts to him walking out the corridor, and it's clear that he's murdered the. Uh, Sorry, I'm so sorry. Spoiler, Spoiler for, for Joker, Joker but it's been out to you. I think if you care, you would have seen I think it. you, yeah. Um, and he walks down the, the corridor and you think he's killed the, uh, the psychiatrist. I would have had it. It cuts to him laughing with a cigarette in the hospital. And the psychiatrist is looking at him like, what the fuck? And on the table in front of him is just a spread of Batman comics. Yeah. And you realize the whole film has not been about the Joker at all. This You'd is have a, to cut the, the, no, the Thomas Wayne bit out, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, no, 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 no. Because it's like, this has all been in his head and this is a uh, joke. Sure, and the okay. joke, the whole joke of the film is on the audience. And it's like the director saying, you thought this whole thing was an origin story of the Joker. No, 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 no. This is a fantasist dream who has, been, into who has been absorbed by all these Batman comics. I thought that would have been like a coup it. de gras. Like what a, what a joke make the whole film like have this punchline at the end. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to say for a second that I could have made a better film. No, 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 no. I see what you mean. I, but but it, like, your point on leaning on an idea and not just putting a load of stuff out there yeah. and hoping it sticks for someone. A hundred percent, James. Let's wait and see them for Joker 2. This weekend, I am going. Love this. I'm going to see the new Ridley James, Scott. They've been back a while. We just haven't been. In <laughs> we a just while. haven't. Yeah. Well, it's sad because there's not yeah. very many films which are big enough to brave it in the cinema. You have to be James Bond or yeah. a Marvel film sure. to really make it right now. Anyway, this Saturday, I'm going to see the new Ridley Scott film with The Last Jewel. Adam, Last Jewel yep. with Adam Driver, yep. Matt Damon, Jodie Comer. Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know yeah. if it's good at all. I've not. I've not read a review. Uh, I, I think if I mix things, I think it's got potential. You know, it's it's the first script that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck have written together since Goodwill Hunting. What I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, and it's and it's told. How, do you mind if I tell you a little bit how it's structured? I know, but I know the gist of it. No, yeah. no, but it's not the story. But the fact that it's going to be told from multiple different perspectives. Uh, I did hear that. And it's going to cut back because it's obviously about a, a trial and a case. Do you ever see Vantage Point with Matthew Fox and, and Dennis Forrest Quaid? And yeah, Dennis Quaid. yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I love that. I did that like fourteen times. I saw that on a plane and I loved it. Oh. Great plane movie. Great plane Another movie. Another list we should have of like good plane movies. Must do for the edit. <laughs> Write that down. I want actors that are good in everything, which isn't just good actors. I want to have the, the actors that you can say, ah, oh, love them, good in everything. Oh, that's great. Keep the camera yeah, rolling. Keep the camera. <laughs> and then I want good plane movies. Because I, I, I believe plane movies are a genre. They are. Thank you. Um, so so The Last Jewel. Yeah, I, I, I'd probably be up for seeing it. The thing is though, Ridley... Ridley Scott is a bit of a mixed bag. Mm. Uh, he's one of those guys, he's a bit like the British Clint Eastwood in that he will just keep <laughs> going 
and making films. And and he doesn't make films that are like necessarily interesting anymore. They're just very they're quite workman like solid safe pair stu- of hands. They can be stuffy, stuffy Ridley Scott period. period I mean, did pieces. you ever see um, All the Money in the World? You know, the one he had to reshoot. No, it was didn't, basically but that, uh, it was messy. Not really? because of the way they reshot it. That was actually bizarrely like quite seamless clean. really yeah. um but it uh, i find that really clunkily way of telling a, a story but everyone was just like, oh really scott you know true story and i i don't know about this i don't know about this you know what's a forgotten film of his kingdom of heaven starring orlando bloom yeah. which was like a huge is that rightly forgotten? tip to be the next i haven't i, I barely see, i think i must have seen it on sky yeah. like as a kid ages ago but it was like his gladiator follow-up yeah well cast orlando bloom who yeah. at the time was like the hot yeah. fantasy yeah. ticket okay. do you know do you have the kind of TV that when you turn it on, you've got, you've got a smart TV, obviously. I know it's right. Currently, it's yeah, right behind smart me. TV, yeah. And it has the apps. Yes, it. it's got yeah. a series of apps. Yeah, and one of them, well, at least in the Samsung TV I have at home, it says free movies. There's, oh. there's a whole channel, right? And, and it always defaults to it constantly. And Kingdom of Heaven is one of the free movies on there. <laughs> yes. no, sometimes they have good films on there, honestly. Sometimes they do, but Kingdom of Heaven is really? one of those examples. I'm just like, oh yeah. yeah it's the kind of, it's the kind of, you know what the films I think would be on there? Um, Cold Mountain. And... <laughs> yeah. And sal- salmon fishing in the Yemen <laughs> yeah. and water for elephants. That that, those the- films that are just forgotten, not bad, not no. good, just amber. You know, you know when HMV used to be a thing and you'd see the bargain bin oh, of DVDs? Yeah. Yeah. That is what that is now for yeah. the digital era. It's yeah. the bargain bin. Yeah. The sort of free movie with, with 14 ad breaks in, in a two-hour film. Yeah. You well, know, you know what? I, um, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about Matt Damon and how he is... Uh, you know, last week I talked about the, defini- the word solid. Yes. And I think Matt Damon is the definition of a solid actor. Yeah. He he's pretty much good in everything. I think. I think you can always lean on him to to, to deliver. And, yeah. I, and I think he's got much more, you know, I, I talked to you a lot recently about Tanta Mr. Ripley. Yes. Oh, that was just such a revelation of that film. I really, really enjoyed it's that fantastic. again. And there's so many layers to Matt Damon in that he does such a good performance. And and uh so anyway, the last jewel, yeah. Matt Damon and Adam Driver, who I, you know, I think we talked about this, but I think he's like the best actor of his generation. We love Adam he, Driver. He moves and breathes and does everything completely differently. He, he, he without overacting, he expresses so much. Yeah. His face is almost like, yeah. But in, in, in any other actor, it would look ridiculous. But with Adam yeah. Driver does something really over the top, it just works. But that, it kind of reminds me of like that Jack Nicholson thing, like, Adam Driver could walk in this room right now, sit down on the sofa, and it would be compelling. Yes. You know, like we talked about last week, Kramer, and the Kramer being the funny. But there's something inherently dramatic and captivating about... about uh, and he is like, he is a character actor in like a... Le- he's got a character actor's face in a leading man's body, yeah. you know? Uh, J- Jamie Foxx said that about when he did Django with Christoph Waltz. Uh. He said he learned so much from him because he's ta- he was talking... This was like an actors on actors thing with like seven oh, yeah. of them around. And he was saying there's a moment where Christoph Waltz just needed to sit down open his his notebook, write something, forget something and put it back. And he, he was just watching him going, this is just meant to be a shot of him getting out yeah. a pen and writing something, but I'm obsessed. I can't yeah. stop watching it. That's, uh, and yeah. it, I was like, that's the genius yeah. of, of Christoph Waltz. He can make something as, yeah. as boring as, as yeah. getting a pen and paper yeah. out from his book and making it the most fascinating thing ever. Yeah. And it's like, we talked about this before, but cleaning the pipe in Inglorious Bastards opening yeah. scene, like like that, or writing the, yeah, the notes. little details. I also think that about like uh, Michael Shannon, yeah. If, like, if he looked at you, Michael Shannon would be uh, Agent Shepshire. Why are you going to do that? Uh, I will find him, Cora. <laughs> Where's the codex? It's more like, I will find him. Man of Steel for anyone who wasn't referencing. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was going to come up for Michael Shannon. He's done so many great I know, things. so many stuff. But he's got that slight, you know, oh, and knives oh. out. Bob, are you, you, you trying to fire me? He's excellent what? in Revolutionary Road. If you've seen Revolutionary Road, he's you know, so good in that. Uh, I haven't, yeah. which is quite interesting, James. Because... Brings us on to our next segment. 
B roll, B roll, B roll. <laughs> Should we play a game? Yep, let's do it. All right, you know what I thought would be interesting? It's our third episode. Mm-hmm. People might want to get to know us a little bit. And what is a good way of getting to know someone or very character revealing than not talking about what films you've seen, but what films you haven't seen? Mm. What are the blind spots? What are the omissions in your film knowledge? So I call this game blind spotting. The, pi- the, list, the pile of shame of lists. Yeah, the pile seen. of shame. So here's how it's going to work, James. Mm-hmm. So I asked James earlier today to think of really famous films, notable films that he has not seen. And I was going to do the same. And okay, James, I'm going to get mine up on here as well. Yeah, I've just got mine up in the order I want to... And here's how, here's how it's going to work, okay? Yeah. I'm going to count down from three. Three, two, one. And then we we're going to say at the same time the films we haven't seen, okay? And we'll just okay. see where it takes us. This reminds me of you ever, like, when you played a game with a sibling where you had to make the stupidest face to make the other one laugh. <laughs> but this is just going to be a film we weirdly haven't seen. And no judgment here. No. There's a lot of films out there. And you, sometimes you know we all just miss them. Why do I feel like after we finish playing this game, I'm going to look at you differently? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, what? You haven't seen? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, you ready? All right, so I'm going to get to the countdown. Is it on, is it on three, two, one, go? Or three, it's two, three, two, one. Two, one and the then film. we set. Okay, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready, baby. Three, two, one. Rocky. (laughs) Rocky's on my list. Rocky's on my list. Okay, so we need neither of us to see Rocky. Okay, so uh, yeah, Uh, let's start. Let's start with Rocky Rocky, because Rocky's on my list. I'm glad I've got a spare one. So you haven't seen it. I haven't seen Rocky. I've seen. I've seen like a lot of Rocky four. I can't even tell you what one it was. One of the Dolph Lundgren. It could have been Rocky Balboa. Is what it was called. Oh no, two thousand eight. Yeah, again with the year. Could have been Rocky Balboa just on TV, but I've not seen no. The original Rocky. Me neither. I understand its place in pop culture. Of I've course. seen many of the most iconic scenes. Pretty sure I know what happens. I'm pretty sure I know what happens. I know the characters. I've watched the Creed films Adrian. and I've got the reference. Yeah. I get that reference. Not seen it. Yeah. Isn't that great? No, I I'm just saying, I've, I've seen Creed and yeah, I enjoyed Creed. Creed's one and two. Because I enjoyed Creed because I knew enough about Rocky. Yeah, he yeah. climbs the steps. I he punches it. the air. <laughs> Adrian, Apollo Creed. People who love Rocky are like, you are reducing it to its cliche. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I also don't feel like I need to go back because also whenever I've said to people, go see, um, I haven't seen Rocky, they go, huh, Rocky. Yeah. Oh yeah, Rocky, that's you a know, thing. There's no sense of urgency to watch it. Like when you, no, no that's unfair. I was going to say like when you said you hadn't seen Quantum of Solace, which is a much worse film. Yeah, come but, on, yeah, give me a break. In, there's no sense of urgency to go out and see it. No, and also like, uh, is it really going to be that compelling as a boxing film in today's age? That's why Creed was so good because it was like, oh, it's made like with the modern age. What are you going to get from watching Rocky tomorrow that you've really missed out on? Uh, is that really bad? Are we? I think you would. Oh, it'd be nice to see what Sylvester Stallone's face used to look like. <laughs> and if he could talk any better. Yeah, before I kind of beat it up. That's mad. But you know what's funny? I wish I'd put... I haven't seen Top Gun. That yeah, I haven't my, seen Top Gun. I've got to put it on my list, but I haven't seen it either. But I'm really excited to see Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, it's a new one coming out. Again. And that's why I was thinking I should really see it. It's yeah. kind of my little horrible secret. I have to myself, you like new Top Gun. I'm like, well, I haven't seen but that's the, the thing. first one. Yeah, I, I know enough, like Jets, Goose, Wingman. I've seen so many. All that you, stuff. I've seen the iconic volleyball scene, which is the most homoerotic oh, wow, thing ever. Actually. Oh, you got... Because Quentin Tarantino held that whole thing about how it's all homoerotic and... It's the most homoerotic thing yeah. you've ever seen. Yeah. It's all shot in slow motion, sweat, someone, yeah. there were like five people working that day just piping the sweat <laughs> on the bodies. And they're all like, Tom Cruise needs more sweat. There's shots of them being like, yeah, <laughs> high fives. And it goes on forever. Yeah. It's like, I get it. They're playing volleyball. Directed no, by? I've still not seen the film. Oh, uh, it's, not, it's not Zemeckis, is it? No, no, no. It's Tony Scott. Tony Scott. So we're just talking about Ridley Scott. So Tony ah, Scott. Tony Scott. Scott. Ah, gotcha. Um, yeah, um, and, and, but Maverick looks like, you know, like it's got that, 
uh, modern Mission Impossible edge. You know, yeah. the camera's mounted on the plane. What are the stakes in Top Gun? What's the what's the, in the original one? I think it's something Cold Warry. Yeah, I'm going to assume this again. Top Gun fans <laughs> are just like that's it. not the film. Yeah, yeah, could be China. This one. <laughs> I, I think it, no, I think it's Russia. Yeah, just generic Russia in those days. You know, like spy planes, Rocky Four, Russia. Yeah. yeah. So is that great? We both exchanged ones that we, we need to get our act together when these films come out. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever see Creed 2? Yeah, I saw Creed 2. Was that uh, like? It was fine, not as good as Creed 1. Yeah, I feel like that kind of came and went. Still Creed good. The, the problem with uh, Creed 2 is Creed 1, which I thought was really good, ended on such a high and they really earned the win at the end. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah, well, you know he's going to overcome it. It's a boxing movie. Yeah. It, it really earned that win yeah. and it came from such a high and then it had to do it all over again. And it's like, okay, so this is going to happen every time because I already felt like you, you had such a great win in the first yeah. one. Are we just going to do that again? All right, right. Round two. Ready? Round two. Okay. Okay, ready? This is, re this is relevant. Three, two, one. The Willy Notebook. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> the original with Gene... Uh, You're joking. And the, the Notebook. Yeah, yeah, I remember you saying The Notebook the other day. I've not seen the... All right, so uh, the Notebook the, first. The, okay, so The Notebook, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it, is, it, was, it started the Nicholas Sparks yeah. era of films that yeah. you had follow-ups with Channing Tatum and yeah, Zac yeah. Efron, but... Yeah, that's the OG. No, I know, I know I'm aware, and I'm not saying I want to see it because it's the cornerstone of cinema, but yeah. I'm just aware it's just, again, it's pop culture. It's such a thing, but it, it's been like, it had its moment, then it had the backlash moment when everyone hated it. Now it's like gone back and people love it again. Then people hate it again. Yeah. It's gone through the full cycle. I've not seen it since its era. So I, I can't tell you if it has aged well. Okay, I don't you know think it I mean? has. Isn't there a bit yeah. of any, like swings? And is it, is it, it like cheesy and contrived? I think, it's, I I think his like obsessive, obsessive romanticism is a little bit stalky. It's a, yeah. it's a little bit like May. built a house for you. Yeah, yeah. May, I didn't ask you to. Oh, uh, do you know about that plot point? Is he that, like spends years building a house for them to live in and all of that? Did he? Did he tell her beforehand? It was like a he surprise. Like, he like okay, I've not seen it in years. He builds their dream house. After she's meant to marry like, this, uh, it's the classic poor guy, rich girl. I, I have a feeling I'm never going to watch this film. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> hey, uh, so you know I, what? I grew up in a house with two older sisters who, of the era of the Notebook, was yeah. right up the street. So, so I was never not going to have seen yeah. it. We will take votes though. If people really want us to go watch one of these films, and like come I, back. Uh, then fine. If you if you really want me to go watch the Notebook, you have to put it in the comments, and I, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll go watch the Notebook. If this video gets a hundred likes, George has to watch the Notebook. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> what was your What was your one? Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh my god, which was relevant, and I was trying not to make a face because it was on my list of films. I okay, seen. Uh, this is I rewatched that at Christmas really? last year, and why? Loved about that film because I saw that loads when I was a kid. I don't, know how the, I don't know how you missed that when you were a kid. I, it's real. It's a real hold head behind my head and shit. First of all, it's so um, it's so much wittier, visually witty and like script wise witty than than I, than I and watching it as an adult. Really so first of all, it's great. all it's all filmed in like Munich or Bavaria and, and oh, so it's really yeah. kind of really kind of. But it's not it's not set in Germany. It's just got that kind of kind of like fairy tale feel to it. Okay. Yeah. And this, the color of it, like the actual quality of the film and the way the color pops, like this, it's literally like a candy colored view of, of, of the world, right? See what you did there. And there's, thank you. But there's also, when they're having like the golden ticket hunt, it's so funny. There are these really funny non sequiturs about everyone, how desperate everyone is for like a golden ticket. Yeah. There's one about a woman whose husband's in a hostage crisis. <laughs> and she has like, it's something involves a golden ticket and it's really funny. And I was like, I did not pick up on that. And there's a bit when they, um, 
you know when they when they go through the factory. So you must, but you must be aware of like the, there is no way of knowing. Yeah, yeah and like the memes and just all. Oh, of but it, yeah. it is so much fun. And there's Boom, a bit where the parents. I know the songs. Like, yeah, from, right. But I've not seen it. The parents are in this corridor, and like Gene Wilder is doing his magnificent performance mm. as Willy Wonka. You really have to see it. Um, I and, should see it before the Chalamet. Yeah, of course. And uh, and 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 he plays a little tune on the recorder, and this mom just you know this mom from like middle America just goes hmm, right man enough, and the other guy's like yeah what. <laughs> And also, good. that's where the, the, the Willy Wonka thing comes from. With the um, uh, Good day to you, sir. You uh, lose. Do you uh, understand? Yeah. You know what? In fairness, in my defense, it obviously is a film that people <laughs> reference a lot, but I don't, people don't watch it often in the way that people watch it films. It was on, like, though, James, when we were on, young. Yeah, but Channel I 5, Channel 4, five mid of the afternoon, <laughs> Sundays. <laughs> Like you've seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I know, yeah. You think you... Ben Lopes and Broomstick, Sound of Music, we've seen all of them, yeah. Why would I not have? It's in that category. And, and well done for calling it Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, because that's what the film is called. Yeah. But the story, of course, is a child in the Chocolate Re- Factory. Obviously read the Bert Roald Dahl book as a kid. Did you see the Tim Burton one? Yeah, I've seen the Tim Burton oh. one, yeah. Because that came out well, in your lifetime. What year did it come out? 2005, I Yeah, believe. so it would have been about the time you take a kid to go see that film. <laughs> That and a long game it, it was like 2005, you were taken to see films. You didn't really choose the film. Oh, no. no. I, I, I really, my parents. <laughs> you were I like, t- can I please go see? I took my mum to see The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, oh, which is a woeful film. And Van Helsing. Oh, which I, my God. Van Helsing. Van Helsing is so be- like oh, green and grey. Oh, it's, it's like dark. It's like blue. And yeah, the it, colour temp is uh, just way down. Yeah, but I, I really enjoyed it as a kid. But my, my, my poor mum was like, this is Van Barry. Helsing as a kid. Yeah. What, what did I know? Yeah. It, it was because it had vampires, werewolves, Frankenstein, Dracula, Dracula the Wolfman, again, Transylvania, uh, undead people. Yeah, and yeah. it was just, and he had, he had a fucking um, machine God, gun I crossbow. I bet that ages so badly. I'm sorry. I bet that ages really badly. That movie. If oh, you, you sat oh, down God. today and watched that. Maybe, so maybe James, there's something we have to do. <laughs> okay, we should do like a like a tier where we have to like live stream react to really bad films <laughs> that have an aged or something. All right, that's a good idea. Right, next one. Ready? Next one. Hold on. What's my next one? Okay. 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 I'm going to tease mine ahead of time. Mine this is, is another big one for my, me. My, mine is topical for the time of year that it is. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I think it was over years. <laughs> what year? <laughs> Ready? Three, Three, two, one. The Exorcist. Dirty dancing. Oh, The Exorcist. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. So let's start with The Exorcist. So I, I'm not in a place a to real really. I'm not in a place to really go after you because I don't know The Exorcist well. I saw it far too young oh God, and don't remember it well so at all. Much. And I definitely watched it like that with like my, <laughs> my fingers. Through. So it was, I think I was definitely on a sleepover. In a James very just loud put his apartment. hands yeah. in front of his eyes like <laughs> a child, but peeking through like, <laughs> I want to watch it, but it looks scary. Yeah, so I, I have seen it, but I really don't, sorry, I don't know it well to be to be referencing right. it to you. Okay. But fantastic I know, look, movie. I, I, I know, I know, I know it's, it's not only revered as like a, a, a uh, cornerstone of horror cinema, yeah. Western horror cinema. Mark Kermode's favorite film, it famously. Is. I know, I know, but I look, just I'm not good with horror films. Right, but but but, but I'm but I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it. I'm building up to it, and I have been doing that for years. And I, I'd love to rewatch it and probably take it all in for its genius because I don't. Do you know I've been all. like micro microdosing? Uh, scary films over the past few years to try and get myself ready for something like The Exorcist. Because my dad yeah. watched that when he was like 20 in the yeah. 70s and he was petrified. Like he couldn't, <laughs> couldn't sleep. Because, you know, that's how I was in those days. And I, I, so That's I'm, why you never saw it. You're like, what are you putting on TV? <laughs> so I, I was watching lots of like horror films building up to it. And then this, this was a couple of years ago. And then we watched Hereditary. And, oh. and, and I hadn't microdosed enough, James. Yeah. 
I hadn't, I hadn't microdosed enough. Hereditary on, is. Ari that, 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 that film honestly disturbed me and you, made me feel. You see Midsummer as well. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, but hang on. No, but, but Hereditary, uh, it didn't just affect me in the moment, but like for a week, mm. I was feeling really strange. And it's my, it's my girlfriend's real like, staying power. You're, you're, you're not right this week. And I'm like, yeah, it's, that, that is so dark, that film. Midsummer isn't really scary and it's quite silly. So I don't. It's I don't, very silly. I don't think of it in the same way. You don't forget that movie same way you don't forget hereditary you're, you're uh, not uh, i've 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 you forgot i've filed midsummer I away have images of hereditary burned oh hereditary no, no no sorry um mids yeah. images of midsummer burned into my brain did you see um florence Pugh on tiktok i know you're not on tiktok she uh was dressing up for a dress uh, a, oh. a costume party and she opens a drawer and it's the may queen dress and she gets she basically shows herself getting ready in this like really deranged face puts on the costume from the thing, puts on the flowery crown. She's like, the perfect costume. <laughs> it's really, I'll send it to you because it's brilliant. Oh my God. So she's got, obviously got the costume of hers, the make which is Okay, brilliant. but anyway, get back to The Exorcist. So I haven't seen it for that reason. So like, I was like, no, I was never going to watch it at home yeah. at that age. And um, But I believe I'm scheduled to see it with some friends this oh, year because yeah, it's, it's October, it's Halloween time. And, and that is the big one. I've seen Carrie. I've kicked, kicked, kicked off all the other big ones. You could be there in your Halloween, I've in seen your, that. In your, in your long cigarette yeah. holder, taking it in. Be like, oh, the, I, the... Well, part of me hopes that like, it won't scare me now because it's 50, nearly 50 years oh, it's 50 years old next year. I think it's 1972 that came out. Jesus. Yeah. But we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll let you know how I get on with it. F filming old does not stop it from being scary. Have it makes it scary. Have you seen clips of um, Nosferatu? Oh, like, yeah, for the really? 20s. Yeah. Like one of like, the, when the door, oh, the show. Like, yeah. one, of, like, one of the first yeah. films, like straight yeah. up. That is horrifying in a way that's really yeah. simple and dark. But that, horror is simple. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's why Midsummer isn't. It's too complicated, too silly. I mean, right. I mean, uh, Hereditary gets quite complicated, but but that's why I love It Follows. We talked about this before. Oh, we film we both love. So it takes good. such a simple concept. Horror is best when it takes something really, really simple, even mundane and ordinary, mm. and makes it disturbing. So in Nosferatu, it's really old footage. And it's him like walking down a corridor. And I've not seen it. I've, I've just I remember. Of, I think at uni I'd watched the ten minute clips of the scariest Nosferatu moments. the Vampire. Yeah, yeah it's really it's just yeah. so dark. Also. Um, not not the best one, but Bra Bram Stoker's Dracula with Oh yeah, I never John, seen that. I've uh, only seen the Simpsons episode that it references. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with uh, what's his name? Uh, it's um, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman as Dracula and Keanu Reeves doing an English accent. Oh, it's it's one of the worst acting oh, performances. I do love ever. Keanu. As well. I remember in uh, English A level, we were studying Gothic. Uh, we were doing like picture of Dorian Gray, and he wanted to put the film on. He had to like preface it by warning about Keanu Reeves's performance in the is film. It, He's like, I promise oh, yeah. you, this is this is a good film worth watching, but <laughs> this is the performance. So of wait, Keanu you watched Dracula because you were studying picture of Dorian Gray. Uh, yeah, we were studying like the gothic genre. It was oh, okay, like, yeah, of course, of course, gothic, of course. So we were doing... Was that AQA or OCR? That's, Ooh, a, that's, that's a, that is an A level reference yeah. for those. Uh, There's points now. They don't even get letters. I'm so old. Yeah. Um, we're talking about like it's our O levels. Like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so um, but dirty, dirty dancing. dancing. You know what? Okay, know. Antalya is turning in her seat. <laughs> no, she's not dead. I was going to say turning in her grave. <laughs> but uh, I actually quite like dirty dancing because on the face of it, I thought it would be quite thin, quite trashy, yeah. a bit like a Notebook. But actually, that film is a lot of fun. I really, I think it's quite different. It's quite strange. It came out in the eighties, but it's set in the sixties. But the soundtrack is quite 80s. I love her character in it. And again... And I should watch it. That, it should be watched. Yeah, and that film is... um, it, she's It's a lot smarter than it looks. She has a really funny line. I, I don't want to say it because I don't want to spoil it for you, but okay, it's a really funny yeah. line that's like, 
a really good movie line on its own. And I okay. often think about it. I'm like, that is such a good line. People know it's when they turn, turn to the party. But but why haven't you seen it? The lift. I'm just not. Again, like I, I, you know what? I blame my older sisters for this one. In the same way that they showed me The Notebook, they should have shown me Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Because they, they introduced me to a lot of crap films mm. sometimes. Like, you know, I was never going to avoid The Princess Diaries right. 2. Hey, I'm sure there has its fans. Uh, I'm sure. And a Cinderella story with I'm Hilary sure Duff. has its fans right? as well. And yeah. uh, Jennifer Coolidge as the evil stepmom. Oh, God. Oh, I need you to go go clean. <laughs> you, can't, you can't go to the ball. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I really should have seen Dirty Dancing. Well, um, I th- I'm kind of glad you... I've did. seen it a lot from Family you know Guy too. I, I'm glad you didn't see it at that age because you probably would have rejected it. Yeah. I think if you enjoy it now, you'll probably enjoy it, you know, f- for what it is. And I think it is, it, 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 it's better than it looks. People write it off, actually, but I, I like Dirty Dancing. It came up in Secret Cinema a couple of years yeah, ago. James, and, I, and I was like, oh God, I still not seen Dirty I'm booked Dancing. to see it. Oh, you're booked It's been cancelled <laughs> twice. I booked, We booked that in December 2019 oh, and wow. now it's scheduled to go ahead in... July 2022. I don't think I care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I like Daddy Dancing, but <laughs> You're a different person. So okay, so we've got a, we've got go. a, we've got a fair amount of films that, that James that we might to sink our teeth into. I think we should definitely add more or uh, reveal more of our films that yeah. are on a pile of shame of things we just haven't seen. And you know what? We're going to make a mission. We will try and see some of those yeah. films when, and, when and it's, feedback. When time to do it i definitely want to go and watch what them. is the most famous film you haven't seen what's your most famous blind spot yeah oh my god tell us what the film and uh, no shame no shame no Everyone judgment just, i won't call you out this film's Brian. good we, we 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 walked so you could run tell us the films you haven't yeah. seen that you really should have god am i gonna have to watch van helsing again yeah oh it's so flat and van cgi helsing, helsing, oh my god and it's got the guy in it who was in everything film in that uh, richard roxbury's australian he was yes. in moulin rouge and mission Hospital too oh no sorry no no you're thinking of the guy who played faramir i'm thinking yeah, of richard faramir. roxbury he's the guy in moulin rouge he's the bad <laughs> yes, guy who talks like that you know, even mean. though it's like you know, set in france that's a wild film yeah.